Mark, please. And no, not because of the time I'm going to, I'm going to give him a message this evening. Because God's laid a message in my heart, but you needed to hear that. You needed to hear that testimony, because that's part of us. It's part of our testimony. And for you to understand who we are, you need to understand that as well. And the lessons that we have learned about God during this time have been phenomenal. It's so tempting to, to put God in a box and say, this is, this is what God is. But don't do that. Don't put God in a box. Let, let God be God and every man a liar. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, that's where we'll start this evening. Mark 4 and verse 35. I'm going to read 35 through the end of the chapter. Pray and then bring you an abbreviated message. Mark 4, 35. On the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. There rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the uh, hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Dear Lord, thank you for this time we've spent together. <clears throat> thank you for the work that you've done in Brad's life and in our life. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity this evening to meet together, and thank you for this truth that you laid upon my heart. Spirit of God, now speak to us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's about time to start a new chapter. In just a few hours, 2024 will be upon us. We'll look to an entire year that's brand new. So many opportunities in this next year. Opportunities to serve the Lord. Opportunities to be better in our own lives. To grow closer to Him. It's time for another, for another journey and, I, and I, I know I'm stretching this, but in verse 35, I see this. Let us pass over to the other side. Let us start a new chapter. Let us begin a new opportunity. After a full day's work helping meet the needs of the crowds, as Jesus had taught them, they looked to getting away. I'm sure on the disciples' minds, they were thinking, we're tired Let's just get away now and have a little bit of time of rest and relaxation. Starting a new location, anticipating new opportunities. Just like you and I stand now at the threshold of a new year. We have no idea what all God wants to do in and through us. Individually, collectively as a church. In verse number 36, it said, When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. They finished their work serving just as God had taught them, and they thought they were finished for the trials of the day. What they did was expect now smooth sailing ahead. <laughs> Let's pass over to the other side. Let's have a time of relaxation. 
with smooth sailing. They believed they were headed for calm waters. We don't know what 2024 is going to bring. As I'm standing here right now, I'm looking to this next year, just assuming it's going to be a good year, filled with opportunities and calm waters. But verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. An unexpected storm came, and I like the word used here. In the Greek, it's the word mega, <laughs> a mega storm. Not your average little storm, but a mega storm came upon them. The men were tired from serving. They felt they deserved some peace. But in that mindset, they were faced with an unexpected and unwanted mega storm. Have you noticed that most of the storms that come our lives are unexpected? Most of the time, the storms that come that are really whopper storms, we don't want them. Verse 38, he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? In the midst of this storm, the disciples cried out, Lord, where are you? Don't you care that we perish? They could not understand why he, Jesus is right there and yet letting them go through the storm. In verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Literally, the words mean, he said to the sea, Hush, be muzzled. Literally, what the words mean. Hush, be muzzled. In Jesus' timing and his power, he calmed the storm. This unexpected an unwanted storm was at the mercy of Jesus. Verse 40, he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? <clears throat> Tomorrow is going to bring some fears. There are going to be some unexpected things that's going to happen to you tomorrow, this, this next year. You're going to have opportunities to fear, be afraid. And Jesus said to them, how is it that you have no faith? Now, I have to sympathize with the disciples. They're in the middle of a storm that could have easily capsized them and they could have drowned. They are filled with fright. They're in a megastorm. Why are you so fearful? Interesting word choice. Fearful. This particular word means fear from lack of faith or faithless. Why are you so faithless? It's only used three times in the Bible, this particular word. In Matthew 8, 26, he saith unto them, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? And he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Of course, the same setting, Matthew describing the very same event, used the same word as in Mark 4, 40 here. Why are ye so fearful? 
So Jesus accused his disciples of having little or no faith. But I found it very interesting the third time this word was used. We find it actually in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 21 and verse 8. <laughs> but the fearful, same word. And unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and whoresorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The very first word mentioned. The very first group of sinners mentioned were the fearful. This word meaning faithless. O ye of little faith. Jesus uses our fears to identify problems in our lives, weaknesses in our lives. When the storms come in our life, they're not happenstance storms. They're not catching Jesus off guard. They're for a very specific purpose. In verse 41, it says, and they feared exceedingly. Do you know <clears throat> that this word exceedingly comes from the very same word earlier, mega? They faced a mega storm, and then when Jesus said, peace, be still, they feared mega. <laughs> a mega fear, massive fear at Jesus' power. And they feared exceedingly and said to one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? They went from fear to fear, from fear of the storm to a mega fear of this powerful man that spoke and the storm was calmed. It's interesting that Mark is the only gospel that says that they feared. Remember, we're studying the book of Mark, and in Mark, it is a look at the gospel from a servant's perspective. Mark, looking at Jesus as the suffering servant. And of all the gospels, the only one that identified their weakness of being faithless and fearful was Mark. Matthew said they marveled. Luke said they wondered. And John didn't mention it. Mark said they feared. Servants' greatest strength is noticing needs. That which makes a servant profitable is noticing needs to be met. But oftentimes that servant's greatest weakness is fear. Mark, the servant, identified the fear of the disciples. Remember, and I think I mentioned this morning, remember when, when Paul and Barnabas had taken their missionary journey, their first missionary journey, they took John Mark with them. John Mark was uh, the nephew of Barnabas. And somewhere mid-journey, it says that John Mark left them and went back home. Now, it doesn't identify the problem, why he did, but he did. And then on a successive journey, it, that, that leaving caused a lot of strain between Paul and Barnabas, so much so because Barnabas wanted to take him on their next journey. And Paul said, no way, 
He left us last time. He quit on us last time. We're not going to take him. And the contention was strong between them over John Mark. John Mark was a quitter. John Mark, I think, got fearful in the, in the opposition, the persecution that he was facing with Paul. And Paul was stirring up persecution everywhere he went. You wouldn't want to be around Paul if you don't like opposition. <laughs> John Mark left. Toward the end of Paul's life, he mentioned Mark as having been a fellow laborer. His fears without had been transformed to a fear of the Lord, causing him to serve the Lord faithfully the rest of his life. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus. This is John Mark, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom ye received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. In Philemon 1.24, Paul writes, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. In 1 Peter 5.13, the church that's in Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus, my son, he says of John Mark. So this, this young man who had earlier on disappointed Paul tremendously, causing him to be unwilling to take him again, somewhere along the line grew up. Somewhere along the line learned to redirect his fears from without to above. Did you notice the disciples in the boat? See, they were scared as they looked out and they saw the winds and the waves and the boat was going back and forth and they were afraid of what was without. But when Jesus spoke and the winds were calm, their fears immediately transferred to Him. And that was the change in John Mark. John Mark went from fearing what he saw without to learning who Jesus really was. Learning the awesome power of the Son of God. And he learned what we learned in Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is the very beginning. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the very beginning. It's your kindergarten class the fear of the Lord. And as John Mark learned the fear of the Lord, he became a profitable servant to Paul. So I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. Boy, I tell you, we're not getting really encouraged in the political realm, are we? Whew. In the world around us, and what's going on? I read an article of what they're planning around the world, and it's not real favorable. They're so pushing a one 
world government. It seems like the book of Revelation is just playing out right in front of us, day after day after day after day. As we see these events playing out, it's tempting for us to get fearful. As we listen to the news and hear the horrible things that are happening, and my goodness, the murderers and all the horrible things, that it's tempting to get fearful. But I believe that the answer that God has for us as we look to 2024 is a realignment of our fears. Changing our fears from what's without to he who is above, the fear of the Lord. Do we really believe that God is all-powerful? Do we really believe that the Father loves us? Do we really believe that we have the attention of the Son of God watching over us, praying over us, protecting us, leading us and guiding us? so encouraged this morning as I was reading through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah here in the midst of these, uh, these, the, the Babylonian uh, invasions and, and captivity, how they had taken in three sieges all the people that destroyed Jerusalem and how they had left Jeremiah there. The, the horrible things that were going on and his own people, he would bring these prophecies and they, they would turn on him and they'd throw him into the deep dungeon and they were awful to him and yet God always had his eye on Jeremiah. God said, I'll never leave you. And God delivered him over and over and over again in the midst of some of the worst environments. He says, oh, Pastor Eller, what happens if this happens? Or what if this happens? Or what if this happens? And I ask you this, what if God dies? Our confidence needs to be in our God. And Christians need to stop worrying about all that's going on out there and start worrying about their relationship with God. Do you or do you not have a God that loves you, no one's to meet your needs and care for you and protect you and watch over you? So 2024, come on. Come on. Come on, and God, let us serve you with every ounce of energy we have. And do something great in and through us. Use us. And God forbid, but if that means persecution, then let it come. I don't want to be persecuted. But what I do want is for my life to account for something for God. And I want to fear Him, not that which is without. So, Brad, thank you. Thank you for letting God use you. Hope Baptist Church, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness to the Lord, your faithfulness to church, your faithful support, me and the ministry here. It's phenomenal. It's so easy to serve you here. So let's look to 2024 as an opportunity to grow closer to God and allow Him to do great and mighty things through us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your love. And thank you for this most amazing truth because we find ourselves in the boat in storms every so often. And it's tempting to cry out and say, where are you? But I thank you, dear Lord, for your protection, your watch care. Thank you that we can fear you 
instead of the winds. And Lord, as 2024 is upon us, would you use us? Help us to draw closer to you. I pray, Lord, that our lives will be a reflection of you and your grace. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder, are you prepared for what God wants to do in and through you this next year? Would you be willing to allow God the complete freedom to do with you whatever He chooses? Would you be willing to tell Him, take my life and let it be? Whatever your will is, perform that in and through me. Is that your heart's desire tonight? If so, would you tell Him that? Between you and your God, would you tell Him? God, whatever you want to do, use me. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the sweet spirit that's been here tonight. I thank you for the testimony of Brad. And I thank you, Lord, for the fact that we need to be reminded that we serve an awesome God. Use us, I pray. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.